Hi, Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast. The podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today we're talking to JT Timblin and Ben Long about shepherding a movement. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like I'm gifted towards shepherding and teaching. And so as I am involved in movement, um, I just have a heart to see the people that come to Christ to mature in Jesus. And uh, I see, uh, or perhaps I've seen just the opportunity for for the shepherding and teaching to continue to grow people. And sometimes that doesn't happen well. I would say our, our conference was uh, focused more on identifying uh, the role of, of like a pastor, elder, overseer, shepherd. Um, and then um, looking at qualifications and then appointing those folks and then training them to be good shepherds. Okay. Personally, I feel gifted towards shepherding and teaching. And so I uh, see that as a great importance. I'm definitely connected into movement and want to see movement happen. And I think um, uh, the, a deeper part of movement is uh, raising up those shepherding and teaching leaders to continue that in local churches as they continue the missionary task. And so when Ben and his team hit Utah, it was about the same amount of time we started running with movement. And we started seeing our churches growing or the, the network multiplying. And it, locally, we felt like, how do we, the word sustainability for a, several months kept coming back into my head. Like, how do we sustain these churches without, you know, me being a bottleneck or someone else being a bottleneck? How do we release, but release with healthy, sustainable churches? And about that time, uh, Troy and Rick and I uh, went out to a mid-level with, uh, to Utah, to the Utah team. We have a really fun relationship. And we were just kind of flies on the wall, kind of navigating some of the mid-levels. And I was watching the dynamic of that team. And Ben and um, Matt Foshi and Tyler Brown, they have a really solid team and really close friendships. But they're very different gift mix. And I was observing kind of from like a fly on the wall and watching, particularly Ben, I could just see there was this overwhelmed look on his face as they talked about all the different things that were happening because they, they were growing and their churches were multiplying. And those two other two guys were so excited about that growth. And so was Ben. But there was this I noticed this um, look on Ben's face, like, how do we? love these people and sustain and shepherd these people at the same time. And I just made some comments and, and I kind of observed that I don't think, I know Ben can't do that alone. And I, and so we started talking about that. And through that dialogue, Ben and I just started talking on uh, over zoom after I got back and say, Hey, well, let's look at the word. Let's look at the scriptures and see what happened in the early church and the epistles. And, you know, what, what can we learn from the word there? And Ben started really doing some heavy digging. And so that that's kind of got it started as a conversation. And it evolved into some really fun um, tools that we're kind of vetting. And then we brought the conference together. We just asked different people we knew from around the nation that are experiencing similar growth and said, hey, how do we, can you help us vet some of this stuff together? So it wasn't like the type of conference where we were saying, here's the tools. We're saying, here are some tools. Can you help us vet that? and, and you know, tell us what, how we can make them better. So that, that was kind of how I got involved. Um, I was focused in on just the priority that we see 
of uh, these shepherds needed in churches, uh, particularly as we look at uh, the missionary journeys, we see, you know, in Acts 14, the priority for Paul and Barnabas is to go back and appoint elders in every church. And then uh, we see in the Philippian letter, Paul has his second missionary journey. They have overseers there. And we see on his third missionary journey, there's Ephesian elders. And he talks to, talks to them in, in Acts 20. And he talks about, about what they ought to do and how he lived his life and how they ought to live and, and love and serve the local church. And he uh, really exhorts them uh, well there in Acts 20. And so those are some major things I see as like they this was a part of the process. The apostolic leaders were appointing in some form or fashion uh, elders, shepherd leaders, teachers to continue the work in the local bodies there. And um, that actually led us to start developing what what do we see as like the, the role and function of, of these leaders? What do they do? Uh, in the scripture. And we just kind of broke it out into four main ideas. Uh, The first idea is uh, the qualifications of an elder. We see that they are, have good character. They have godly character. Uh, And in fact, most of the qualifications that we see like listed in first Timothy three and Titus one are really qualifications about character. Uh, There are some about managing a household, uh, about being able to teach, but, but many of them are about being, being above reproach. Uh, And then we, we kept pressing in and saw that um, there was some ideas about overseeing and shepherding and caring for the body. So that was a, another major function or role. Uh, and then third, we saw that they were um, seeking to teach the word and being able to teach and uh, exhorting the church from the word and also uh, uh, contradicting those that, that may have an alternate gospel or something like that. And then lastly, just the idea from Ephesians 4 that they ought to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so uh, those are four main ideas that we were drawn out of the scripture for these leaders. Kind of a take home for that was when we looked at the missionary journeys, we kind of discovered that the apostles were shepherds. They took on that responsibility to shepherd the flock until they appointed new shepherds. Hmm. So it's not like, oh, if you're an apostle, you don't shepherd. But it was interesting. It seems like once they appointed shepherds, that freed the apostles up to go to new new fields and new areas. And so it kind of made us understand how early did they appoint elders, really early in the work. But I think it was so that they could move on to new works and new places and new regions, but without leaving the church unhealthy. So I, that was a really aha moment for me. Yeah. And I even see in like in 1 Peter 5, Peter says, I'm a shepherd commending you shepherds to shepherd the flock. So I don't think Peter and Paul ever stopped being shepherds, but I think they actually went to new regions, new areas, but leaving healthy leaders behind gave them the capacity to do that. In a movement that's expanding, how do you find people with the sort of qualities and characteristics you need? Because they they may not have lived a sheltered existence, you know? So what do you do about that? You know, you've got your characteristics, but you don't necessarily have people that measure up to them. A couple of things I've learned is some of that is character that's deep down in there. But when you become new in Christ, that comes out because you're surrendered to the right person. There's a person in our network. He was an incredible businessman, but he was a little shady. But what came out, he was a great leader. And he was a real man who had a big heart and cared for people. And in the right context, he was a man of integrity. Well, when he gave his life to Jesus, 
it's like it's just like okay now he's serving the right master therefore that character is there in christ i think for us just looking for folks that um uh, in our experience, we are, we are kind of starting m- many of the house churches just from scratch um, or just a few believers or whatever the scenario might be. And um, as we begin the short term discipleship and, and the kind of medium term discipleship, we start to see people uh, kind of rise up with some of those giftings and some of those passions. And um, and then we c- I think what we can do is just start to say what as a leader looking at those folks in our in our gathering we can say what where do they look like for these qualifications listed in scripture and then start guiding them leading them through scripture in those directions to help them to start implementing some of those things in their life about being above reproach or have, having being able to manage one's household well or able to teach and we're able to see some of those giftings and we're I think we're also able so kind of naturally or supernaturally people have those we're also able to, I think to guide or coach towards um pursuing some of those characteristics and helping them to grow in them so that they will be qualified for the, for the, the role of shepherding a local body. Today, when we think of shepherd, we think of the sole pastor who's paid by the church and properly trained and, and the like. How is that different to what you're trying to do in um, the, the, the churches that are part of a disciple-making movement? I would say for us, um, our goal is to kind of train up um, men from the harvest. Um, I, we, I believe that the the shepherd, pastor, uh, overseer, elder is all in that one role from the New Testament. And we're trying to train them up. Um, most of these men would probably be uh, bivocational um, or in the sense that they, they are shepherding uh, on nights and weekends, probably, and they're working during the day. And so we want to train them in basic, simple ways of caring for people. Um, and loving people and serving their church in such a way that it's not overly complicated, uh, but that it's easy for them to grasp and to carry out and um, so that they can fulfill that role. And we would love to see it happen with multiple uh, shepherds within a body um, or across the network of churches. Um, it's kind of where we're at right now is that each uh, in Utah, there are several churches without shepherds, um, though there's some leaders there. And then there's several churches with shepherds and we're trying to, uh, those are connected and we're trying to, to grow that and uh, raise up more and also keep them, keep them connected and accountable and serving together. So I'm, I'm just thinking in New Testament era, cities like Ephesus or even Rome would have had multiple churches meeting throughout the city, which means not necessarily was there a board of elders for every gathering of disciples that we call church. So you're doing a similar thing where there can be um, a group of shepherds or elders that are responsible for a network of churches. That's where we're currently at right now, um, as not every local body has a shepherd appointed or shepherds appointed. Yeah, we're doing a very similar model. I, I think coaching is a is a word that really works for us. And so my role and a couple of ours of ours is we have the bandwidth to coach these new leaders. And as they develop into to an um, kind of an elder overseer role, we found that just that that ownership and this idea, yeah, I'm a co-vocational person or I'm a bivocational person, but man, I have this flock, this group to care for and shepherd. And as we raise them up into that ownership and that 
healthy sense of duty. Like these are the people that I'm here to care for and love. And much as the way Peter outlines it, you know, not because you have to, not be, not because for for gain, but because of the Spirit moving in you. And and so for me, um, I spent a lot of my time just coaching these new leaders. And that means calling them up during the week, showing up at their workplace, and then before they open and encouraging them and spending time and um, kind of seeing my role as, as that coach for their sustainability because they're so busy and they have a lot going on. There's a gentleman um, that he about a year and a, three months ago, just just met him and kind of a mess, alcoholic background, uh, about to lose his job, living with his girlfriend. He ends up coming to Jesus. We, we lead him to Christ. He gets baptized. His girlfriend gets baptized. She, she uh, and him get married. And so he is coming to our house church, but he was hungry. And every he would come an hour and a half early before every one of our house churches just to be trained one-on-one. He had that hunger. So, of course, I made the time for him. And so for a year, I would train him up. And then he started getting in his heart like he wanted to start a church with his oikos and his home and their new home together. And it's fascinating. As soon as he made that, they made that decision together, something clicked in him. And he was the one started um, leading our house church more instead of me. He was the one when I'm out of town, he would be calling everyone and he would be the one bringing people. And and um, so I continue to meet with him. I continue to shepherd him. And they're about to plant next week. Um, their own house church, but he's already a shepherd. He's already got that those tools. He already has some of that training and some of that experience out of our house church. And I'm excited about, I'll have that continued coaching relationship with him for until he's really ready to coach others. And so I saw a transformation in a person and then his girlfriend, now wife, and now together, um, I think they're going to shepherd that church well. And what do you do when you meet with him, JT? Well, a lot of it recently, I've been going over the tools that, that Ben and I have been kind of push, putting back and, you know, pushing back and forth and just looking at the scriptures, looking at the word, helping him understand the flow of the book of Acts and Paul's relationship and explaining to him, hey, I'm doing this with you. And because I want you to eventually do this with somebody else and kind of mauling him, modeling, assisting, watching and launching. And, and so as I go through the different uh, scriptures and go through the different tools. I'm giving him kind of a hoping paint a picture, a worldview of this isn't church like you're used to. And he's a gentleman that kind of grew up in a church setting, but really didn't embrace Jesus until a little over a year ago. So he's got this Western background of what a pastor is, but now he's understanding. Wait a minute, I have some gifts this way, and this is a church, and we are multiplying, we are reaching lostness, and we are in the Word. And I can leave. It's been really fun to watch that transformation. And it's, you know, it's still very raw, but the progress in such a short amount of time is extremely encouraging. In Utah, we're not quite probably as far as California is uh, with some of their work. And so we're in the process of identifying those folks right now. There is a local uh, shepherd in one of our, in our churches here in the northern area of Utah. And um, uh, he's been a more of a long-term believer. And so we just uh, appointed to this last year and just want to like grow him and encourage him in some of these tools and helping him to carry it out uh, with the main idea of having, having like a plan, like what, how am I going to care for people in my church? How am I going to invest in their spiritual maturity and help 
uh, love them and seek their spiritual growth. And um, yeah, and so this was uh, even a this this was a church out of our church that multiplied out. And so, so Ben, somebody's listening, and they would like to develop some shepherds from amongst a group of disciples who are meeting as church. Um, how should they get started? I think one of the, the, the key components first is just start reading the scriptures um, and, and looking for what, what are these shepherds doing and who, who are they in the scripture? Um, and, and again, those terms are often uh, synonymous, elder, overseer, shepherd, pastor. And so uh, I think some key passages concerning that would be First Timothy three. Uh, there's there's section on uh, elders there. Uh, Titus one. Um, I think Acts twenty. Paul's speech to the Ephesian elders gives a good uh, good emphasis there. And also First Peter five gives a, a great idea of what shepherds do and and what their their heart. Uh, and even James five it calls talks about calling on the, the elders to come and pray. And so I think those are just some key passages to look into. There's others as well. Um, and as you start to understand like the role and function of a, of a shepherd, and also you start to understand the qualifications for it, your church is, is reading those and asking the Holy Spirit to guide you to identify uh, a person or persons in your body that, that could carry on this work. Uh, and as JT mentioned earlier, they want to do it eagerly. They want to do it willingly. They don't want to do it under compulsion. They want to do it led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, in Acts 20, it says that they were appointed by the Holy Spirit, these elders. And so, um, and they want to do it as an example to the flock. And so as they are understanding the scripture, they're wanting to start following how are deciding, how do we appoint these people? And uh, I think there's some great examples of just, uh, of is mentioned in Acts 14 with Paul and Barnabas. Um, I think a, a great example that I see, it's not necessarily appointing a shepherd, but uh, the, the process in Acts 6, where the, the apostles uh, come come and present this need to the body, and then the body uh, prays, they do fasting, and they they present these seven men to the apostles, and they appoint them to that task. And I think that's a great process to consider for churches and appointing shepherds. And then uh, ultimately, they can start using some of these tools to develop. Um, and that's the framework where we're following is identifying, uh, appointing, and developing them. And these tools are just there to assist them as they uh, care for their church, and care for the, the body of Christ. JT, how could people who are reading the scriptures and working on uh, growing and appointing uh, shepherds, how could they stay in touch and, and, and learn together with you and Ben? Yeah, sure. We're working on these tools, and as we work on them, they're, we're, we're not, it's just, it is just the scriptures. I mean, it's not like we're making stuff up. And so if anybody wants to contact us, uh, it's not like we're not going to share. We would love to share what we've discovered out of the word and some of the tools that are a little farther along. Um, kind of be watching for that. But you can contact us, either one of us, anytime. We'd love to come alongside and learn with you. But, um, yeah, we're, we're willing to, to serve uh, at any level across the network. Um, I just I really appreciate all the work that Ben put into this and and all the people that came out. And I just think it's, it's, it's such great stuff. We want to share it with as many people that have that need. Mm. What I love about, um, especially book of Acts is you, you read that missionary journey, Acts 13 and 14 at the beginning, it starts with 
the Holy Spirit appointed them for this work. And then you see just two chapters, and at the end of chapter 14 it says, and when they had completed the work, you know, they went back to Antioch. And you know, well, well, what was the work? Well, it was everything from pioneer evangelism, discipleship, church formation. The work was not completed until there were godly leaders in place. So in terms of finishing the task, it's not just evangelism or even church planting. It's are there local godly leaders and, and a body of believers pursuing the mission? And then the same pattern in Acts 20 when, when Paul can say to the Ephesian elders, because there's a body of, of, of elders, he can say, you're not going to see me anymore. The work is done. And so it's, it's such an important thing. The Lord does not re regard the work done in a particular uh, city or region unless there are godly elders. And for me, what you just described, a church isn't healthy until you have healthy leaders that own the work. And when you, when, if we can keep our head on a swivel and look for those people that have that heart, you see them, they, they're the ones who go the extra mile and care and, and step up without you even asking. The scriptures say, who, he who desires to be an elder desires a noble task. What does that mean? Well, somehow God has designed them and created them. And sometimes if we don't talk about leadership and show people from the scriptures, uh, they're not going to know what they're supposed to step up into. And I just, you know, just keep pointing to the word and say, what is healthy church? Healthy church had leaders. And often we, we share that church circle and we talk about they had apostles and leaders, but not until our church said, hey, what are we going to do with this? And we started praying and fasting, literally praying and fasting for several weeks. And when the people that we, we felt like the Lord was setting apart it was fascinating, Steve. The problem we had is all there was four of us. The other three left and planted their own churches. But now we have this network of those other guys that as they plant their churches, they were appointed as elders of our church, but they're already elders of their new church because they were appointed out of the, the local work over here. And so now we have this network, this kind of residency of guys that we're learning together as we continue to pioneer new work. But they're looking for people in their churches to raise up, come alongside them as well. So it's been a really fun process. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with uh, JT and Ben, you can follow the link on the Movements website. That's movements.net. Episode 272, Shepherding a Movement. They'd love to hear from you.